welcome into the Wire Sports Weekly. It's Friday, April 6th, 2018. The first Wire Sports Weekly podcast of April in the final true month of college here at Marquette University here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A pretty lopsided day, to be honest. At one point, it was snowing and it was like a blizzard, and now it's pretty sunny, still like really cold in the 30s, but that's Milwaukee weather for you. I'm Jack Phillips again, joined by two lacrosse beat reporters, the women's lacrosse beat reporter in Megan Rock and the men's lacrosse beat reporter in Brendan Plone. I'll intru- I wanted to introduce those guys before we get going, so thanks again, thanks again for being here, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. It's always a good time to be back at the Wire Sports Weekly, yeah? Yeah, of course. It's always nice to have the same reoccurring guests. You know, it's a, we're, we're a family here. It's fun. So anyway, we're going to have to start off with the women's lacrosse team and how they've been doing um, over the last few weeks because we really haven't talked about men's or women's lacrosse in like the last month or so due to spring break and Easter break and due to the conclusion of the men's basketball team season. So now we're going to transition back into lacrosse as these are the two now major sports for men's and women's lacrosse. Anyway, Megan, let's start with the women's lacrosse team. Uh, they were on. They've been on absolute fire since starting Big East Conference play. Just, just for reference for the audience out there, the Golden Eagles have yet to lose a game in conference. They're going four and zero, and they recently destroyed Butler by a final score of nineteen to three, which is not. You know, it might sound good, but um, Butler. You know, they've only been a program for one to two years, so so much somewhat understandable, but still an, an impressive win nonetheless. Megan, in your opinion, what has Marquette been doing in their recent play that has led to such instant success? I believe that with in-conference play, they they start a conference play a little bit later than most teams. So starting out with John Hopkins and other ranked opponents such as Notre Dame, they were able to kind of gain their confidence and mentality through games and learning how to really mesh and work together. But now in conference play, we're seeing everything come together and that crucial success on the field and that they've adapted to each other's tendencies as well. You know what's also interesting to think about is the fact that Villanova last year it was a pretty it was a pretty close game last season when they played the Golden Eagles, and according to some of the players uh, from last year, the Wildcats have been like talking to them and been like, yeah, you know, last year was a fluke. We're gonna get you this year. And so Marquette, especially Coach Black, really stressed they were really prepping for that game because of last year and how close it was. And Marquette actually did a little better. They beat them by four, 16-12 was the final score yet that game. So Marquette's really been on a roll ever since losing to the. Um, number 9 or 12 seed in uh, Northwestern back in early March. They lost that game 29 in Evanston, Illinois, just outside of Chicago. So I'm going to be honest, Marquette's been pretty impressive. But in your opinion, Megan, it was like so far out of these four wins, they remember they, they beat Cincinnati, they beat Villanova, Temple, and Butler. And uh, both of those games were, or all four of those games were either home or away. It was split two and two. Uh, were any of these wins more impressive than the other? Not necessarily by score, but based on the talent of the other team, because like we said, you know, Butler's only been a program for two years. So were any of these games more impressive for the Golden Eagles than others were? I think the Villanova and the Temple game for sure were a little bit more impressive wins. As you said earlier, Butler is a relatively new program, so they're still trying to kind of figure out their tendencies on and off of the field. But with Temple, that was very close last year. And so Coach Black, they really prepared coming in for Temple, and same with Villanova. All right, well, really quickly, we'll go to another question for the Marquette women's lacrosse team. Grace Gabriel and Jules Horning actually received Big East Players of the Week honors this past week, and it's it's honestly no surprise because if we look at the stats right now, Grace Gabriel actually has... 20, or I'm sorry, 49 goals on the season with six assists, followed by Riley Hill, who has 21 goals and 26 assists. 
and Kate Sakadato, Allison Lane, Charlotte McGuire, all totaling 30, 20, and 16 goals. Not in that order, uh, not in that order, obviously, but still, they Marquette seems to have a lot of offense. They've been, I think, they've broken their own franchise record or their own program record multiple times this season so far. So it's definitely been impressive, but. Going back to Grace Gabriel and Jules Horning, getting that Big East Players of the Week honors this past week, did, how much of a testament is this award to the Golden Eagles' recent play, in your opinion, Megan? Starting off with Grace Gabriel, she received Big East honors preseason, so I believe being a recipient of the award for the third time this season, it's kind of a testament to her growth since the beginning, because if you remember, towards the beginning of the season, we talked about who we didn't know who the new attack trio would be who'd be scoring goals for Marquette just because the whole seniors they graduated that main core so we've seen Grace Gabriel really step up into that position and be the main scorer for Marquette and then in regards to Jules Horning uh, this is the first time that she's receiving the award so I actually sat down with her yesterday and talked to her about the honor and she said it truly shows the improvement of the Marquette defense overall it's not just solely her is what, in a sense, she was saying. So I think she's really proud of how far Marquette has come this season as well. And actually, really quickly before we move on to the men's lacrosse team, great answers, by the way, from you, Megan. Is I, This is probably a really easy answer for us, but is there a sole MVP of the Marquette women's lacrosse team? I, I know there's an easy answer, but like, is there anyone on the team that could sneak under the clear answer? And I, I'll give it away. It's, do you think it's Grace Gabriel? I think Grace Gabriel can be an MVP in terms of stats and scoring, but... I don't know. I think Allison Lane's also up there with the draw control circle. Um, we've seen a lot from Charlotte McGuire, Kate Sacadato. So I think there's a lot of contestants with it. Grace Gabriel has been on fire recently, so possibly, but I don't want to make any assumptions or bets right now. Who would you say is, you know, the beating heart of that team? Because, I mean, obviously, you know, every team is their sort of go-to leader. But who's who's the one that stands out, you know, both – you know, on the field and off of it just by, you know, cheering the team on or anything like that. Have you noticed anyone early on? In regards to off of the field, talking to Alex Gambacorta earlier this season and her stance on mental health and really caring for student athletes off of the field, that truly stood out to me because I feel as if we highlight a lot of athletes of who they are on the field and how they play. So I guess Alex Gambacorta stood out to me, but on the field, she stood out to me as well. But we also see Grace Gabriel, Allison Lane, all the other attackers, Riley Hill, as I mentioned earlier, scoring lots of goals. So it, I feel like it's a very well-rounded team that works together. They know each other's tendencies. So there's truly not one person to, per se to carry this team. It's really teamwork altogether. Well, thank you so much, Megan, for those great answers to the, the women's lacrosse team. Now we're going to trans- transition into the Marquette men's lacrosse team. Unfortunately, I know you guys are really sad about this, but we don't have trivia time this week. You know, I thought I'd give you guys a break because the last time I did it, you guys just did not seem into it. And I, I apologize, but it just I guess it didn't, I, it didn't vibe. We didn't vibe with it. But it'll be back reoccurring. I, just, I, thought, I, I thought I'd show some mercy on you guys this week. <laughs> Regardless, let's talk some men's lacrosse now. Brendan, the Golden Eagles have been somewhat inconsistent throughout the entire season thus far. For, and for reference for the audience out there, Marquette's 4-4 four and four overall. They've beaten teams like Ohio State and Georgetown, who were both ranked at some point in the season, yet they've struggled against a team like Bellarmine. They've, and, it's, it's fun, and, and for that reference, they beat Ohio State 8-7 in double overtime in, that game, in one game. The next day, they lost to Bellarmine. So Marquette, they faced some heavy competition. We'll give them the credit. But what do you think is keeping the Golden Eagles from jumping in front of the rest of the Big East right now? Well, you know, a lot like Coach Wojciechowski's basketball team, 
It's the whole uh, age factor. I mean, not a lot of these guys have a terrible amount of experience. And, you know, Coach Amplo's been saying, look, we're, tr- we're still trying to figure out who we are as a team. And, you know, they're eight games in, and it's sort of like, well, besides John Wagner, you know, who's going to get, you know, score the goals? And we've seen so far that it's been guys like Anthony Orsini, a freshman. Connor McClellan's also stepped up in the last couple games. Um, I mean, it's just sort of those, well, huh, I wouldn't have expected that player to score as many goals as he has this sort of year. And then going off of that, you know, on the other end of the field, defense, I mean, you know, Marquette's given up right around 12, 12 and a half goals per game, um, you know, and then it doesn't really help that they can't get a lot of offensive production. And there will be times where they're, they'll go on this severe dry spell. I mean, we saw it against Michigan where they didn't score for, you know, eight minutes. They didn't score last time against Villanova for, you know, I want to say it was the, you know, second half of the second quarter to maybe, you know, the first four or five minutes of the third quarter. So, you know, while Marquette, they do have the offensive firepower, like in guys like John Wagner and Connor McClelland, they're also missing, you know, guys like Keaton and Tanner Thompson who are out with injuries. And so what's keeping them is the fact that, well, they're young, they're they're inexperienced, but, um, you know, that doesn't mean that they can't make a run and, uh, you know, especially going up a team in this week, like, you know, St. John's, they're also fairly young. They're also, um, in similar boat to Marquette in that, you know, they can score, they're exciting and they've got potential, but they don't have all the pieces yet. And so, um, you know, this season has been a challenge for coach Amplo, but he always likes a challenge. And, uh, I think he'll be uh, figuring out this puzzle a lot sooner than any of us expect. And I think it's interesting because, you know, again, we, again Marquette's back-to-back Big East champions, and they've gotten a lot younger over this season, or at least over the last offseason. So I'm not necessarily saying it's a, not a surprise, but we sort of expected Marquette to take a step back when it comes to being a great team compared because, you know, it's all, in the end, experience does have a huge factor in, in lacrosse or in any sport in general. And I'm glad you brought um, in your point uh, just a second ago, you brought up the fact that Marquette's had those little several-minute stretches where they just can't get a goal, and that's really what's led to like that some of that lackadaisical defense that's allowed other teams to really just expose their defense and get goals quickly, which eventually leads to like a five-goal, four-goal four deficit. And we, I know our own Andrew Goldstein talked to uh, Coach Amplo just a few, just a day ago or so, talking about how you know how do you plan to like, get like get it to your guys that you guys can't let that happen. He's like, you know, we it's really we try to reenact our. Like, this is him talking at this point, but he's like, yeah, you know, we're trying to get our, our, we're trying to get our guys in those similar situations, but you know, you really can't reenact a game time situation perf- perfectly in a practice. So. Definitely Marquette Lacrosse is going to be looking to build something like that over the cur- over the course of the season, but still a long way to go. Still got about eight games or so left, so it'll be interesting to see if the Golden Eagles can turn up their play heading into the more of the second half of the season. But in your opinion, Brendan, what do you think has been Marquette's biggest strength and weakness? And that, that, that doesn't have to be just one answer. There could be multiple strengths and there could be multiple weaknesses. I just thought I'd like to get your point of view on that. Well, I'm, you know, I'm sort of torn because... They've got, they do have a lot of strengths. It just, you know, doesn't come out. Well, I mean, I, I couldn't say that. 
for whatever reason, they've got a fourth quarter clutch gene. And when whenever they're down, you know, whether it be midway through the quarter or late in the game, they've, you know, in just about every single game this year, they've found a way to respond, you know, and make it either get it to overtime and win it, which, you know, they've done three times this year, um, or, you know, make the game a lot more respectable than it was and go on those late game runs. And so, uh, you know, a strength is keeping with those teams late, but, you know, a weakness is finding a way to, you know, hang with them for the whole game, the whole four quarters. And, um, you know, it's just struggles, you know, the defense struggles at times where, you know, again, I mean, I keep citing the Michigan game, you know, you know, they, the Wolverines came out, scored six or seven goals in the first quarter alone. Last time out against Villanova, Keegan Khan scored seven goals by himself. And so whether it's, you know, team-based, you know, scoring or an individual taking over for whatever reason in, you know, whether it's the third quarter, second quarter, whenever, Marquette just cannot stop them when they need to, um, unless it's, you know, the, t- the um, you know, the ball game's coming to an end, final possession. They've been really good down the stretch in the fourth quarter, like I just said, but other times it's just been, you know, they'll have a couple minutes where they'll, they'll be uh, lacking and get a couple goals scored on them. I was going to say, and you could even cite a game like Robert Morris when that was um, that game was at Valley Fields as well, or unlike the Michigan game, but that game was at Valley Fields. And I remember the first quarter, it was like they gave up like seven or eight goals right off the bat. And it's just those several-minute stretches that can kill you in a game because then for the rest of the game, Marquette kind of only held them to four, four goals the entire game after that quarter. However, they, again, their offense was, it seemed like it was just shut down the entire game and they really could only get two goals, but the ending score was like 12 to two or something. So it's, it's, it's that I think is like the weakness for Marquette. It's that they can't play the whole game. And I guess that's gonna happen with such a young team. It's inconsistency, it's just how it is. And Marquette really should be using this 2018 lacrosse season as a rebuilding year to gain that experience kind of somewhat similar to what Marquette men's basketball did where you know you had three young freshmen you only had one senior who you're losing so you're getting a lot more back next year you're going to be coming back a lot stronger a lot more well well co- I, not even necessarily well coached but just well rounded in general so it's going to be interesting to see what the Marquette lacrosse team can do for the second half of the season and see what they can do this season it, it, honestly if they even got to the Big East championship I think that would be impressive enough as it is if they can uh, get to the Big East tournament period that's a good point. You don't think they can make the Big East tournament? No, I do. But, I mean, one and one right now, and we've seen, you know, two kind of polar opposite teams where we've seen the team raring to go where, you know, against Georgetown. And then, you know, we saw them, what happened when they gave up, you know, five or six goals or seven goals, I guess, in the case last week with Khan, and they were just outplayed. Uh, I mean, Villanova, there's – Villanova is not a bad loss at all. I mean, they're the number eight team in the country. Georgetown's the number, they were number 16 or 18 team in the country. Ohio State was the number five or six team. Six team yeah. yeah, I mean, so it's like, we've seen what they can do in spurts, but then we've also seen bad stretches. Um, I mean, the thing is, their losses, I don't think their losses are, are particularly bad, minus the Robert Morris and Bellarmine. I mean, the their other two losses coming against, you know, Michigan, Michigan, and, Robert, and wait, sorry. No, I'm trying to think. You know, you, you no, 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 no. Um, so their losses were Villanova, uh, Michigan, Michigan 
Robert, Robert Morris, Morris and Bellerman. So the two bad losses, actually I could, I could just say the one bad loss was, you know, Robert Morris where they got crushed 12 to 2, but mm-hmm. then again, Robert Morris is, you know, ranked. I mean, Bellerman Granted, they were coming off a day where they played double overtime against Ohio State, and their legs were completely shot. I mean, yeah, they lost, but, I mean, it was just fatigue sort of thing. Yeah, in, Mar- in, in Marquette's defense, they, they do have a tough schedule. When you're going oh. up against teams like Ohio State. I mean, look at look at next week. They've got Providence and Notre Dame. Notre Dame, yeah. I mean, and then you got Duke and Denver right after that. Right. Like So it's the fact that Marquette's even competing with these teams, and they're such a young offense, a young that, team in general. It, yeah, I mean, rebuilding, mm-hmm. maybe. I don't know, but, I mean, I know there's a lot of promise there in guys like John Wagner and Connor McClellan, Orsini. If Keaton Tom Thompson can come back, I mean, we's, we've seen what he did against Jacksonville. I mean, Coach Amplo called him, you know, really good, and, you know, he's got that potential a lot like his brother Tanner. And so, um, I mean, we'll just see what happens with the rest of the year, but it's – you know, Marquette by any any means, they're bad. They're solid. I mean, they're young, but they're solid. So we'll see what happens this week against St. John's. And uh, I don't know. My only question is just who is going to answer that bell besides John Wagner? And I'm glad you asked that question, Brendan, because actually my final question was, although the team still has a long way to go, it's still a, second, a whole half of the season, what players, as or which players as of right now, do you think have been carrying Marquette? And who are they, who are, in, pretty much in essence, who's really going to have to continue to step up and carry this Golden Eagle load? Because I know defense, obviously, is really important, but it's really the offense that gets the goals. So I'm wondering, if you, are you thinking more John Wagner, Anthony Orsini, or is there a specific role player that we, we maybe don't talk about as much that deserves the recognition? I'm just curious what your thought is on that. Yeah, I mean, we've seen Connor McClelland. He's got, you know, eight goals and I think six of which have come in the last three games or something like that I mean he scored a couple against Michigan a couple against Nova and uh you know a couple against Georgetown and you know he scored the game tying goal against the Hoyas as well so it's like when uh you know he stepped up when he's needed to and he's an underrated guy another guy who I think you know we've seen in spurts, especially with his speed and what he can do off the ball, is a guy like Peter Hankhaus. I mean, he's got a wicked shot. He's deadly accurate. I mean, he's he's only got, you know, five, uh, you know. He's only got, he's only got five goals and assists on the season. Yeah, so. only, only, right. I mean, he's got 22 shots or, yeah, yeah, 22 shots. And it's like those underrated guys where it's like, you know, coming into the season like who the heck is going to answer the bell well it's been a lot of younger role players that have stepped up so and uh expect that going forward um especially down the latter half of the season going up against the blue bloods like denver and uh duke notre dame i mean heck even next weekend providence i mean it's going to be a rough stretch and you know marquette's going to have to find their offensive groove quickly and in order to do that it's going to be have to it's going to have to be someone other than John Wagner and, and to give Marquette credit again they with teams like Villanova and Georgetown Providence in your own conference it's going to be there they're going to be tough times and especially when you're such a young team and you're really in that rebuilding phase so to speak it's it, it's impressive enough that they're competing with these teams and they're even like they're even proving to, to the to the rest of the country and in, in, in total they're they're still a great team even after losing such 
um, tremendous offensive players from the last couple seasons. And you look at Anthony Orsini, who has 12 goals and six assists on the season, just followed or just under John Wagner's 16 goals and five assists. You know, the, these two are re a real dynamic duo, and they've really been carrying the offensive load for Marquette. Obviously, you've got the certain role players like Connor McClellan and Jack Zarillo and other players like them like still stepping up and, get, and getting game time goals when you need them, but it's the two players, Orsini and Wagner, I think that have been really carrying the, the load offensively for Marquette. Obviously you got Cole Blaze in the goal. So, you know, they've all, I think the whole Marquette team's been doing a great job. They just really need to be able to get rid, get rid of those several minute rough stretches. And I think Marquette can be a great team. But unfortunately that's gonna have to wrap it up for the Wire Sports Weekly for April 6th, 2018. I wanna thank my guests, Megan Rock from the Women's Lacrosse Beat Reporter and Brendan Plone, the other Marquette Men's Lacrosse Beat Reporter head Marquette men's lacrosse beat reporter thanks so much guys for coming in and I really appreciate it we will see you next week on the wire sports weekly in Milwaukee Wisconsin oh you got one more thing to say enjoy the masters this weekend that's a good point enjoy the masters everyone we will see you next week on the wire sports weekly